1: Light Years, Andy Lou special holiday edition of Light Years. Uh, we're recording this before the Warriors-Clippers Wednesday night. Um, not going to do a post-game show Wednesday night or Friday night. Uh, Thanksgiving. I, I hope you guys can uh, can bear with us. We will be back Sunday though for the Wolves, so we can get frustrated uh, together yet again. Uh, yeah everyone enjoy
2: the holidays we appreciate the love uh, appreciate the support all season long all decade long has it been like a decade that we've been doing this together so corny, corny is being thankful for the for our listeners but you know it is what it is right we, we love y'all and and uh we're gonna keep we're gonna give one more show like sam said before sunday before we run it back again with the post game
1: so we are thankful for you uh yeah also good Take that off, (laughs) producer Tim. Take, dude. I can't
2: do. (laughs) Oh, all right. Let's get into it. So,
1: so I really, I I don't care to talk about the Clippers just because they're not playing anyone. Um, uh, They are, they are doing the same BS the Warriors are doing. (laughs) Only at least the Warriors have the rings to back it up a little bit. The Clippers is just disgusting. I don't know. Kawhi is not even an NBA player, as far as I'm concerned. Play ten games in a row. Is
2: he well is
1: that a real ankle injury, by the way,
2: that, that he's out? Do you know? Because that's the that's the only thing I care about. That's a problem if it is. Oh, yeah. I okay.
1: I don't know. I have no clue. That's what I'm gonna leave it at. I have no idea what to take of God. any of the Kawhi situation. He huh? comes back from the ACL, all camp. We're hearing about how he looks amazing. Right. We see the pictures, he looks huge. And I was like, oh Kawhi, Kawhi's back and he might even be better. Plays like what? one game off the bench maybe two and then all of a sudden it's back the knees and it i don't i don't know like i, I obviously i'd, I'd like him to get healthy and i feel bad but it's just it's i, I don't know what I, to do with him you know the thing so. is like they're gonna win 45
2: games without him but it's like th- what does that even mean that doesn't mean anything <laughs> if, if Kawhi isn't healthy because no. they're they're a 55 one team with him, right so yeah i look the warriors have a chance yeah, they, to go they're
1: they're a playing team without him and they're a contender with pete Kawhi, oh, and yeah. You know, so there's nothing to say until we know if he's back
2: 100%.
1: And uh, the Warriors, meanwhile,
2: do you think they're 45 win team without Steph? Do you think they're a playing team without Steph right now? So, uh,
1: but we are, we are, are... (laughs) what are they? I will, I will say this they will, they would have the they're worse than the Lakers if Steph is out. Say what you like. I think they're leading the Wembenyama sweepstakes with no Steph. So. I don't even think I I don't even think that's a take. Do you? No. Like it just kind of they can't do anything without Steph. Steve Kirk can't coach, Clay can't make a shot, Draymond checks out, Jordan Poole terrible, Wiggins goes back to Minnesota form. I mean it, it re- say what you want about you know all the great things, you know, an organization, whatever. Eh, it's one man who holds the whole thing together. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. Um they there is an interesting matchup Saturday, Friday against the Utah Jazz, who are currently second in the West and have been kind of the hottest team in the NBA. Well, really, I, I feel like the Jazz and the Kings are kind of a great macro conversation because they're like the they're the two best stories. Like Warriors, second unit, miserable to watch. Utah and Sacramento, amazing to watch. Like easily my two favorite teams in the NBA right now, outside of the, the local team. And I just want to ask you, why do you think the Jazz and Kings are so good? So
2: Let's start with one over the other. So I, I'm going to start with the um, start with the Utah Jazz. Um, I, I think, and this ties directly with the Warriors bench, I, I think what the Jazz have done, and maybe they accidentally did this, is that they picked up a bunch of guys that they weren't out the league, but they were pretty insignificant. And in order for them to figure out how to either get one another payday or just figure out how to be like an actual basketball player in the NBA—one one that actually has actual status. They so need to actually learn how to play together, right? It, it's very much a—we have to learn how to play together to win. Versus, we need to make our—we need to like make money. Um, and I think the Utah Jazz put together a bunch of guys that understood that. They also have a bunch of guys that know how to play that way. But I think some of the times it's just the mindset. Larry marketing. Like, he was supposed to be a good player years and years ago. Now he's a guy that is, what, on a second or third team. Colin Sexton basically got booted off the Cavs. He got his money, but not as much as he wanted. But he got booted off the Cavs. The Cavs were just like, eh, you know, we could do without him. We've already got our guy, Darius Garland. Jordan Clarkson, sixth-man type of guy. Mike Conley, there's your vet guy standard, right? Kelly Olenek, vet guy. So that's, that's your answer again to the Warriors. But I think overall, dude, I think overall, the main thing that that you see with that team, and it's kind of actually similar to the Warriors teams have passed, they actually just enjoy playing with each other, and the ego isn't there. There's zero ego with with that Jazz team, and I think that's what makes them great. Now, they have no ceiling. I do think like it, it, they probably are a first-round team, maybe second round, because they don't have a Steph. They don't even have like a Klay Thompson. But... They just enjoy playing together, and I think when you watch the Warriors Bench unit, you even watch Jordan Popa basketball and, and and clay, they don't enjoy playing with each other this season, especially the young guys because they're not on their second or third contract. they're still young, they're still trying to make money they didn't have um they haven't got basically what I'm trying to say they haven't gotten humble yet It's a lot of these warriors young guys they haven't gotten humble yet and uh and that's I think that's that's the big difference between these guys
1: they accept their role, that's what you're saying, yeah. Um, I, I actually think they also do have a lot of good basketball players. They're just role players. And I think sometimes we we underrate the value of role players in the modern NBA. I think this league is more about role players than it's ever been. Someone like Kelly Olynyk, he is a better facilitator and spacer than like is he here's a good example is he more talented than Wiseman like physically no but like does he understand how to does he do things that matter in terms of winning a basketball game more than Wiseman the answer is resoundedly yes he he can hit open shots he understands where to be on defense he's a hell of a passer makes his players around him better and those things translate to winning in in an NBA which is more focused on like spacing and IQ than it's ever been. That's kind of my thing. I look at guys like Jared Vanderbilt. That dude knows how to rebound and defend and he stays within himself. Malik Beasley, a little more of a chucker than I would like, but he he can legitimately defend the perimeter and he and he can shoot it a little bit. He's I like mean, he's also a great shooter. Kind of of a, shooter. He's kind of like a
2: legitimately great shooter.
1: Yeah, he's kind of like KCP to be honest, a little mm-hmm. more of a gunner than that, but like, you know, They have a bunch of guys who know what they're doing and uh, it makes it easier that almost it's like, I I mean, like, I don't think Lowry and Clarkson and Sexton are like a big three that's (laughs) going to get you anywhere, but it like, it kind of proves like if you put smart role players around scores, you're going to have baseline success. Um, And it's kind of the opposite of the Warriors. The Warriors know they have the guy, Steph Curry. And they, they obviously have Draymond and Wiggins and, and Clay's coming around, but like outside of that, they have no one who knows how to play basketball really. And to your point, they don't appear really interested in learning. Yeah, they, they the appear one. more interested in figuring their own thing out. You know? Yeah,
2: yeah. Which um, almost you can't blame them. That's that's the thing. Yeah. Like you sit here and you, I would probably do the same thing. Who wouldn't do the same thing? Unless you're coming mm-hmm. in with a with an extremely high level of basketball IQ, which not many not many players come in with that. Even guys that you love, come, even Draymond Green, who has extremely high IQ, didn't come in the NBA just understanding it. Even he had to go through seasons. Sure. And his trajectory was so much higher than... I mean, his like baseline was so much higher than what we're seeing from mm. Wiseman and Kaminga. And Moses Moody, that's, that's really the guy that's, that's... What you're talking about is because we think, we thought that Moses Moody has that IQ, Turns out he doesn't. He doesn't. That's why he's not playing. Uh, you could also argue that maybe Steve Kirk can just say, dude, can you just play him? Yeah.
1: Can you just play him 10 minutes? Maybe he does. Maybe he does. Yeah, maybe I was getting gonna... him a shot. Maybe. That's kind of my other question. So it's like we always talk. Actually, let's save that one for a little. Yeah. Later. Yeah. I got to. I got I, I to.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA member FDSE.
1: Let's get to the Kings. The, what, what, what's your perception of the, the Kings? Why they're good? So Mike Brown, <laughs> because they have Mike Brown. Uh, I the actually,
2: secret, <laughs> the, yeah, the new Alvin Gentry. He was the real reason. Yeah, dude, which is funny because, because Mike Brown was, considered before he went to the warriors considered kind of like a boring retread coach i don't think he was considered this great yeah. guy like he's not so Good the defensive double.
1: coach but no like idea like his offenses are so vanilla right so vanilla
2: and and now he has the, he's manning the best offense in the nba like that's now part of that is and, and, well i guess we'll get into it so my thing with the kings is is different so i think it's different from the jazz i mean obviously they got good role guys kevin herter shooting like he's prime clay thompson it doesn't I, that's going to fall off at some point they've got uh, sabonis who's on offense as smart as draymond and then and then defensively maybe he's not <clears throat> maybe he's not as bad as as we thought it was going to be i do think with the kings they do have the youthful they they do have the youthful energy and like hey we're gonna have to take that next step here because it's do or die for Mm -hmm. us that the Warriors don't have so I think for them it's a little different it's it's like the Warriors in 2013-14 where the Warriors treated every regular season game like it was a championship game do you remember when the Warriors went into Miami in 13-14 and won that game on a game winning Draymond layup they celebrate it like they won the championship I do feel like you (laughs) can't replicate that because the Warriors the Warriors have two versions, two timelines. One timeline is that, dude, that happened eight years ago. You can't do that. If you do, you're going to get, you're, you're not going to last. The, the second timeline is they're not good enough to feel that way, right? So they're not good enough to say, like, we're going to play each game, like, we're good enough to win. I think the Kings are right in the middle where, where they have a team where it's, we've gotten past the shitty days of learning how to play NBA basketball, but we're not good enough to know that we can win. So they're playing every single game. Like it's the championship, and I just think that's a mindset difference versus the Warriors. So I think that's what the difference is with the Kings because I don't. Th- it's not like I, I don't think the Kings did everything right. Like I do think Tyree Halliburton is the, would be the best player on that team, but Darren Fox is averaging X amount of points, right? He's amazing, and Keegan Murray's at a great pick. He's he's a guy that I think the War uh, the Warriors would love, <laughs> all right. So Harry B, same thing, and
1: and maybe even Sabonis. So I think it's just timing. With the- I have. A- yeah, I was. I was going to say I have a little bit of a different take on it. I look at the players they acquired over the last year, and um, it's fundamentally different than the players the Kings have acquired, acquired in the past. In the past, the Kings would just jump at whoever was the most like impressive physical specimen: Marvin Bagley, um, Demarcus Cousins. Uh, thomas robinson oh boy uh, we can keep going down the line just like dudes who for lack you know just like and and boogie was good but like you get what i'm saying these are guys who are just like used to just being like kind of physical freaks out there what did the kings do in the last year acquired sabonis now terry's halbert is really good so maybe you could call it a you know kind of a um win-win for both sides but like sabonis is one of the better passing bigs like even if he's not scoring, he's getting six, seven, eight assists for them. He's very key to them. They acquire Kevin Herter, a guy who just gets how to play basketball, good passer, hell of a shooter. It reminds me of Warriors players in general, the way he approaches the game. And then Keegan Murray. Everyone laughed at them for taking Keegan Murray. Oh, why don't you take Jaden Ivey? He that has higher true. upside. That Fast. sort of thing. They're like, no, Ke- Keegan Murray can shoot the light out of the lights out of the ball, and he understands. How to play team basketball. Facts, and I wonder if it's one of those things where we think guys have higher upside because of their athleticism, and it's not actually. High. There's like perceived upside, and there's higher upside. Perceived upside is that like Jaden Ivey is going to be better than Keegan Murray. Actual upside is a six eight dude who can shoot the ball, pass, and do the things that Keegan Murray can. He just doesn't have a forty inch vert. That's really what it comes down to. Like. He's not a freak athlete like Kuminga, but he—he just—he can play basketball at a pretty high level at twenty. Why won't he get better at twenty-five? That's by the way, also the argument for like Tyrese Halliburton and Franz Wagner and Moses Moody too. You know. Let me ask you this:
2: If the Warriors were in the situation mm-hmm. that the Kings were in, and, and you imported the Warriors' front office, would they draft Jhin, Ivey, or Keegan Murray with the fourth pick? What would they do? Do they have the
1: Kings' roster? um i don't know what is that the warriors roster it, 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 I, I i don't i don't know if that matters i feel like that doesn't matter okay i mean based off of their last two there's actually a i have in the rundown but there's this quote bob myers had mm-hmm. after the title mm-hmm. so we thought let's just draft the best players who are on the board a lot of people want us to trade them for a star this is not to say in the vein of I told you so, but we did think Andrew Wiggins could fill that role. We did. Not a lot of people did, but we wanted to see him fill that role as the fourth guy. Um, but they keep saying they wanted to draft the best player, the best player on the board, not just um, go for the fit. They want to take the highest upside. And it ties to this broader point, which is like, are they just saying athleticism is upside at this, or makes them the best player?
2: They're saying, yeah. I mean, I mean, yes, because they've shown it twice now. So I asked that question. Mm-hmm. I, I think they would take Jaden Ivey, and by the way, Jaden Ivey looks pretty good uh, in Detroit. So I, I don't even know that. I, I don't even know that's a bad pick. But I think the point. The point is, though, Keegan Murray is a Warriors player. We've seen it the last decade, and I think that the Warriors went mm-hmm. against kind of what they stumbled in making it some successful. Now, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's Jerry West. Maybe Jerry West was like, you got to get clay and you got, I don't know. And, and Harrison Barnes would have worked out too. He's, he's, you know, Harrison Barnes is a Warriors player. Like he is smart defense. He, he's, you know, he, now he's at a point where he's going to have a very long career. Um, but I do think you're looking at the front office in the past three seasons. Yeah. I don't think there's any chance to take Keegan Murray over Jaden Ivey. Keegan Murray would play for the Warriors right now, which brings you to your next question. Right? If Tyrese Halliburton or Franz Wagner, guys that were drafted mm-hmm. after James Wiseman and Kuminga were drafted to the Warriors, would Steve Kerr play them? Yes. How could it how could the answer be no? How how could it? I, I, do you think the answer would be no? Moses Moody.
1: Here's Moses my here's my counter to you. How would Moody look if he got 20 minutes a night every night the way those guys did? Mm-hmm. Do you not think he could pick it up? And do you not think that there's a level of I think if you gave Steve Kerr the current version of Franz Wagner who he's watched play well in the NBA, he might get a ton of run. I'm not so sure that he would have got a ton of run if he got came in as a rookie.
2: So the the argument know. here I'm, I'm the, just saying to the me argument it here seems moody, yeah.
1: like there's a little bit of a disconnect. But that's just just yeah. for moody. Yeah, it is. Um, So you could say, I mean, so I guess let's take this a step back because now I'm confusing myself. It's convoluted. The Warriors have drafted two high-level athletes who lack a certain level of basketball feel, and that's just not going to work with Steve Kerr. On the flip side, they pick Moses Moody, who was supposed to be the complete opposite way. He's got feel. He can shoot the ball. Um, but you know, it kind of lacks a first step and a, certain, a couple other things. None of them can get on the floor consistently. And I guess my question is: Do you think those players would be getting on the floor for a Sacramento for some of these other teams more consistently? And do you think those players we're talking about with Sacramento would be getting on the floor more consistently with the Warriors? Like, I think I think there's two things going on here. One, I'm not convinced the Warriors front office necessarily made the best draft selections but i'm also not convinced the coaching staff is set up to develop guys particularly well even with all the development picks they have
2: uh, which tells me that there's one core issue then which is corporate jargon is that they're not aligned the the front office and the coaching staff <laughs> they're not aligned because I, I think if they were uh they would they would either have traded these guys now and maybe even by the trade deadline Or they would have had a plan put together and said, hey, we know Moses Moody and Kaminga, Wiseman are going to struggle, but we're just going to get them 15 minutes a game. But maybe that was the plan. Mm -hmm. But the best laid plans, you know what I mean? They get screwed because all of a sudden you go 0-5 on a road trip with some young guys and Steve Kerr's like, you know what? Fuck your plan, right? I get to do what I want now. And now I think Steve Kerr kind of – the thing is – I also find it fascinating, or, or like
1: last year, you go eighteen and two, not playing them, and it's like you know what, fuck your plan. Exactly, um, we're eighteen and two. You know, so it's like it goes both ways with that. Now, well, now they have no choice,
2: because now, now, now they yeah. truly, truly have no choice. And I think this is where Steve Kerr is saying that he's doing a bad job coaching the coaching up the young kids, which I think is funny because it's like, well, I would like to know why or how you think you're doing a bad job um that's that would be an interesting to know but the other thing is like and i and i talked about this like weeks ago it's dude steve you gotta just pick a lane man like are you just going to are you just going to go with two-way guys and, and jerk them around and and hope the team trades for vets okay fine then go that way right or are you going to let these kids try to grow because if if you had a choice. I feel like the latter, and Steve Kerr's a long-term guy. The latter is going to get you more mm-hmm. long-term wins, presumably. Anthony Lamb, Ty Jerome, those guys are not going to get you long. They're not GP2. And I think last year it's like, well, we saw GP2 for like three games. We're like, oh, shit. Oh, wow. Okay, he has to play. Like as much as Lamb has been cool and yeah, Jerome has been cool, the, they're he not. forced the yeah. hand. Yeah. 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 Those two guys are solid, and they're fine, yeah. but they're not GP2.
1: And I think misalignment, you're right. That is kind of the point I was getting at there. It's when I look at uh, – what it, to tie it all back together, because I went in four different directions there. Utah and Sacramento, man one through 12, 15, the co- they all know what they want to do, and they all are bought in to what they want to do the whole way through. You keep hearing how, like, Kuminga, Moody – maybe don't want to play their role have they even been given the chance to play the role you know what i'm saying like it's like a lot of you kind of the only young guy who got a chance to play a role was james wiseman and he was woefully he's just not an nba player right now like but he at least he got 10 games in a row of a consistent rotation every night so That's kind of what it 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 ties to with me with the young players a little bit too for the Warriors. It's like let's see Moses Moody play fifteen minutes a night for ten games in a row and see what happens. Yeah, let's see what happens. Let's see. Let's see Jonathan Kuminga get ten to five. Like give him two stints: beginning of the second, end of the third. And if he does well, you know, you extend it. And if he's kind of, you know, going to cost you the game, maybe it's more four minutes instead of eight. You know that type of thing. Uh, But like do. The thing where you're getting them in the lineup every day, because um, that's that's the biggest thing. Like I, I'm. I'm not convinced the Warriors took the best guys at their picks, but I'm also not convinced that they're doing everything they can to make these guys look as good as they are. And I'd at least like to tackle the the latter before worrying about the former.
2: I, you know, on one hand, too, I also get Steve Kerr's point um, is, dude, why the hell should I bother with this right now? You know, we have we have the greatest basketball player in the world. We have one of the greatest basketball players of all time. Dude, why, why should I even bother with spending valuable minutes trying to worry about if Moses Moody is going to make the right pass or Jonathan Minga is going to make the right rotation? That's the last thing he wants to worry about. And I think that's fair. See, that's fair. That's not his job. If that was his job, he should go to OKC. He should go to to Orlando. He should go to Utah, right? David Hardy's doing a great job. or I forget his whatever his name is Mm -hmm. uh, down there. And and so that's what they should be doing. His job isn't supposed to be caretaking and making sure these teams just get run. So I do think Steve has a point to where you're right. You're right. I agree. Give Moody, give Kaminga. 10-15 10 15 minutes, like stop with that. Kaminga's playing six minutes and then he's done for the rest of the game. Like, what it that, that, doesn't, that doesn't do anything? And, be, and some people are like, Oh, Kaminga's awful in those six minutes. I'm like, dude, are you what are you supposed to be in six minutes, right? Unless you're a GP2 who just makes like two pick sixes in, in six minutes, but that's that's who he is. Kaminga's not which that which is guy. what
1: Steve, which Steve which is what Steve wants him to do. And I just don't know if that's a realistic expectation. It's
2: not, it's exactly, it's not a realistic expectation for anybody. And so, maybe to your point, maybe you're right. Maybe if Halliburton was drafted by the Warriors, he wouldn't be playing much either. And I, I, I would say, especially if the Warriors had drafted Lamelo Ball, what would he be doing on the War? Because I, I don't know. He's better than Wiseman. That's for damn sure. Anybody's better than Wiseman. But like Lamelo would have a hard time. I think. Yeah, kinda... if he doesn't
1: get the freedom to play his game, what's going on? Um, Whoa. Whoa. Yeah, and 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 that's kind of why the two timeline plan is just. <sighs> It's annoying is what the best way to put it right now is it's annoying. You have a core, which can win a title, but you don't have enough depth. You have a coach who wants to play veterans. um, And then he's making it needlessly tough on coach on, on the uh, rookies. And then you have a front office who continues to swing for athleticism over what works for the Warriors over the years um they clearly messed up the number two pick in 2020 james wiseman can bounce back and have a good career there's no chance on earth he'll be the second best player in that draft zero i
2: mean you
1: know like right right now he's just trying to prove he's an nba player um and let's go from there um and and then kuminga the jury's out we'll see but he could be a really good player i kind of i still i still have some optimism i still have optimism there but like you know, both of them are kind of the opposite of what's made the Warriors successful over the years.
2: Yeah, I, I think, I, I think the real question is, if they do end up being players, is it on the Warriors? That's the question. Uh, That's mm-hmm. the big one to me. Is is it going to be on the Golden State Warriors? Which is, which is a little sad. So I, I do think they have, t- they, but they have time. I think they have time. Uh, the Warriors do to figure this out. They're only a couple games out of first place. Saw a tweet from uh, our friend Justin Grant uh, about if the Warriors had played their normal rotation right now on the road trip, they probably would have gone three and two or four and one. That will put them first place, by the way, uh, in the uh, first place in the Western Conference. So I think the Warriors are still okay, which is why it's important right now for them to say, let's get these minutes to Moses Moody and Jonathan Kaminga, because if they're not going to play for the next month, then –
3: My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.
1: It's time to get to the mailbag, Andy. Let's go. let's we got go. some great mailbag questions. I'm going to try to power through these for our special holiday edition here. So let's start with. Friend of the show, uh, Tommy Gunn. Considering how light the Warriors' front office is, only two consistently playable guys, what are the odds they actually make a move for front court health? Feels like malpractice not to do so. It's putting Dre Looney health at even greater risk. Do we uh, – remember we had this exact same question last year?
2: Remember that? Mm-hmm. And then There's also the,
1: the We also got Acumen LFC going – Assuming they claim her for a trade, will Joe be willing to part with Wiseman for a rental piece veteran without getting a draft compensation? Um, Why don't I take this one? My feeling is it's too early to tell. One, no trades are happening before December 15th. That's the date that a lot of contracts get guaranteed. Two, I still don't think any trades are happening until closer to the deadline, just because that's the way the trade market works. You get to like February 1st, Teams are actually active for trades, um, and with those two things in hand, I just think there's still too much time to know where they are at with some of these players. We need to see what happens over, sadly, the next twenty or so games. I think they need to make a move sooner than later, but I, I just I, I can't see anything happening. Um, a minimum for another month plus till we see some more.
2: Action. I also think that if they're gonna make a move, it's not gonna be with Kaminga and Moody. I think those guys are staying. Those guys aren't going anywhere. I think the move is Wiseman. I, I think they can I think they can talk themselves out of hey, Wiseman's gonna be a legitimate star big for us. I think they can talk themselves out of that. I don't think you can talk yourself out of Kaminga can be a two-way force and Moses Moody can be a really good role player. I think those things are still mm-hmm. can still be very true. So I don't think the Warriors, knowing who they are, are gonna let go of that. But I do think like like we saw we saw Sadiq Bey. Teams are asking about Sadiq Bey. I think that's a perfect. I, I don't think it would be a big. I just I just don't think the Warriors would do that. I think the Warriors would go, all right, let's get a wing. Let, let's get a guy that we trust that can shoot the ball. I don't really know how good Sadiq Bey defensive is defensively. Uh, I know he's a streaky shooter and scorer, but I, that's a guy that may be a good fit for the Warriors. He's relatively young. That's another guy that they have to kind of pay, right? So I don't I don't know. It's not a veteran, so it's not Purdo, It's not any of these older guys, not not Kelly O'Linick. So is that someone that they want? Is, is it like that? Because they, they don't want to trade. I think their fear is they don't want to trade I do wonder for if, a vet. That's the thing because the vet is a one-year rental. So they don't be, want to trade for a
1: rental in my yep. opinion. Because Sadiq Bay could yeah. be
2: like the new version of Andrew Wiggins, like he could just be the yeah. new version. Or of
1: Otto Porter, honestly. Or, but like, so, yeah. no,
2: but but Bay would stay. Like he would be on the Warriors for a long time if he pans out.
1: Oh, I, I see what you're saying. Yeah, right. yeah, 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 yeah. I actually like Sadiq Bay because he's kind of struggling with his shot. I I know he can shoot the ball, um, and I, it's just one of those things where I think he's in the wrong role. It does feel like Wiggins in the sense of if you're asking him to be. The 18 point per game score, he's not that guy. I'm talking about Sadiq Bay, but if you're asking him to be like 10 points per game, take smart shots and pass the ball, now <clears> that's <throat> a little more his game. That's a little, that makes a little more sense. Villanova guy, you know, you know, Kerr is going to be fucking hyped on that. Um, all right, blasphemous one from kind of Paul. Who's the worst player you would trade? You would trade Draymond for at the deadline. I'm not pro trading Draymond for anyone just to be clear just to be clear no draymond trade so i'm going to say pascal siakam is the worst player i would trade draymond green for wow. take with that what you want but that's what I'm, saying. I'm i'm not trading him unless it's for an all-star who ha- just like ha- is better than him
2: is there a is there a package with toronto why would toronto want draymond actually that would be a decent fit with toronto they got they got some good guys i think Scotty, they can put around him OG and they can get him the ball like the thing the thing with toronto their issue in my opinion is that they they spend so much time isoing, you know. Yeah, like, the offense is disgusting. I, I, to be
1: clear, I don't think. To be clear, I don't think they would do it. I'm just I'm just saying, like I'm I'm not trading Draymond unless it's something so compelling where I'm like, all right, this kind of hurts, but I have to do it. You know. Well, I uh,
2: would. They why would they do that? Yeah, I mean Draymond and Wiseman, you would throw Wise. I don't. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't see why Toronto would do that. Unless pa- well, we've seen Pasco get into arguments with with Nick Nurse, and maybe he asked for a trade, something like that. Man, but you run the risk. I, I tell you, if Toronto gets a hold of Draymond, I do think that's a really good fit for that team. I re- if you put you put wings around him like Ananobi and Scotty Barnes, and and then you can get some scores like Gary Trent Jr. and Fred VanVleet. Like that's, I bet you Draymond will have a mm. lot of fun with those guys. I- that's a second tier Eastern Conference team that would be very scary. Draymond, I- I'm with you though. I wouldn't. Why Steph might Steph might leave with him? Steph might request a trade after that. He might ask to go to Charlotte and call it a career if that happens.
1: Or go to Milwaukee. Yeah, no, I mean <laughs> the point stands. He, he uh it's it's not I'm not I'm not uh it's not happening. Um if the Warriors do trade young players, who would you keep? I also saw another version of this who's the player you'd want to protect the most. So it's basically our young player power rankings. Um, for me, Kuminga um, still has the highest ceiling has shown probably the most stuff. Even if I'm frustrated with a lot of his play and recognize that there's a really realistic chance he never puts it all together. Uh, I still think you got to protect him because he's the, he's the highest upside guy you have period. Um, uh, two would be Moody. i I really don't understand why he's not playing more. I think he could help this team. I think he'd help most teams to be honest. Um and then uh, you know Wiseman anyone can have as far as I'm No, concerned. I would I, so I agree with you on the first
2: two. I mean maybe you throw Patrick Baldwin in the third slot. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> Yeah, <you know>, how <laughs> sad is that? You know, maybe maybe you throw Patrick Baldwin as the third guy you'd have over Wiseman
1: cuz he's he's more so of an I'm hit a couple of shots you're like, "Yeah,
2: I'll take my chances." I t- I honestly I would. He's a shooter. I know that's gonna translate to the NBA level. Um, he's like what's the worst he can be? Kelly Olenek? Is that, is that the worst player that Baldwin's gonna be? What's the worst that Wiseman's gonna be? Like he might be in China with Dwight Howard in a year and a half, you know what I mean? Like just getting 30, 30, 20, and ten at the time. Same thing. Asian Chinese people are gonna be so mad at me. Um yeah, so anyway, let's keep it You'll moving come. to the next one.
1: <laughs> uh LeBron got to you. You're like, I'm not making Daryl <laughs> Morris mistakes.
2: <laughs> it's an honest mistake. <laughs> Taiwan, that was an honest mistake. Oh my God.
1: We're hearing now local media blame Kerr for not giving the kids enough run. How much blame is actually on Kerr versus the players? I, we kind of already talked about that. I also haven't heard anyone blaming Kerr, to be honest. Um, a friend of the show, TK, did uh, did me- mention he didn't understand it. And I kind of agree with him. Um it's kind of weird uh, though. Yeah,
2: I will say this. Hey, I'll say this. It is kind of weird if TK mentions it. Bet you Joe's curious.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, you nailed it. They're not aligned. Steve just wants veterans and he wants to be like, why are we messing around? I have Jesus running point guard, you know, like, and, and to be fair, I don't, I don't mind. And the front office is like, we're spending a bazillion dollars to develop some guys and they're not that bad. Trying to get both perspectives. I wish they would get on the same page. Anyway. Um, Mateo asks, does Big Jim have some dark info about Joey Lightyears? Uh, that's the uh classic
2: case. Jo- Joey as a tech guy, is a um it's like P. it's like Wiseman is crypto, <laughs> man. It's like he's crypto. He's just Joey's just holding on for dear life for what? For what reason? Get out of there, Joe. Get out of there. But also, I don't know what you get for him. Um, I don't know. I don't
1: know. All right. Um, I like this one from Truth Be Told. Houston Rockets finished sixth in the West in 94-95 and still won it all. How do you compare the dubs to that team? I want to take this one because there's one very interesting thing that team did. They won the title. They were kind of fighting for the 6-7-8 seed all year. They swung a big trade for Clyde Drexler cuz they realized midway through the season they weren't going to repeat. They're like this isn't working. We need to bring in something new to fix it up. They did. They went on a run. Everyone knew they were better than the 6 seed by the time the playoffs started because they they had that late season momentum thing going on and boom. So that's kind of gets back to my point. I do think the Warriors need to shake it up in some way. Could be small, could be big.
2: Yeah, let's move. I I, I don't know. I can't answer that one.
1: (laughs) I think this is a fun one for you. We'll end on this one for the mailbag segment. Um, Funnier fan base to laugh at. Late 2010 Rockets or 2020 Suns? They have something
2: in common. Common thread. Our guy. The Corporal? (laughs) (laughs) Salute (laughs) to the GOAT. (laughs) General Paul himself. I think it's funnier to laugh. I think it's funnier. I think it's funnier to laugh at the Rockets because they, the Rockets are a better team than these Suns. I think. I think the Rockets are way better as a team than these Suns. They were good. So it's funnier to laugh at them because Harden had his fair share of like what he would say about the Warriors and he spent his whole career losing to the Warriors. And then Chris Paul would come in and he's kind of in his prime. So I think it's funnier there. Um, They also played a disgusting uh, version of basketball that did not deserve to win, even though they were a great team. Uh, So I think it's funnier to laugh at them. The 2020 Suns are kind of sad. I think they're, they're a little sad because I don't think they're that good. They also act like they've won a championship, which is the saddest part uh, because they haven't shown anything that you would think they're going to be good enough to win it all. Uh, and so I think that's that's the saddest part. They don't have a James Harden. James Harden in 20, 2018, not like th- that, those years of James Harden, like that was as close to Steph as he's ever going to get. Now you see Steph hit another level, and Harden's kind of like just not good anymore. Um, so I think these sons Harden, are, are Harden won
1: deserved MVP.
2: Yeah. Yeah, Devin yeah. Booker's n- never been in an MVP Devin conversation. Devin Booker's
1: not winning either exactly um so i feel like this for me it's the rockets were more satisfying to beat because of how good they were um the suns are more fun to laugh at because of how fraudulent they feel like i just i can't take them seriously i can't, at least the rockets i was like they were the, they were the second best team to the warriors um for Two two years there. Yeah. They were legitimately that good. They're better than the Cavs. They just, you know, it's the West. They didn't get to the finals. Um, I think <coughs> they are uh that they there were those those matchups were fun and it was very satisfying to beat them. The Suns, the F- Suns are it's it's like that uh mad men meme like you know i feel sorry for. I don't, I don't even think about you you know, like you guys are you just stay in the little kid zone you know the, the, uh, that that is a thing about the warriors and so now they
2: haven't played each other in the postseason maybe we get that this season but uh i just it's not really a rivalry i just don't see that warriors fans care by the way it is it is sad to think about that 2018 season mm-hmm. the rockets were up 3-2 and then and then they end up losing two games. Man, they 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 win that series. They win the championship, right? Like that's the mm-hmm. Terrible. They were awful that 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 uh, that season. So, dude, yeah, I mean, they, they that's how close they were. They just they they close out the Warriors. They were up almost twenty points at Oracle in Game Six before Clay went off. Game Six, Clay, and so, ooh. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, it's
1: funny to laugh at both of them, honestly. Let's get out of here with the corny what are you thankful for? Question. In Bay Area sports, not counting Steph Curry, the most obvious answer. Uh, because we're all thankful for Steph, um, who's currently playing the best basketball I've ever seen him play. Um, what are you most thankful for? Are you are we talking all Bay Area sports or Tomball Warriors? I'm talking
2: about Warriors, right? You know what? Whichever way you want to go. I'm here's what I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go with, um, cause, cause no, I, you know, in 30 years of watching sports, I've never seen this. I'm thankful for the Warriors just being together for as long as they've been together. It feels like the first time that we saw true, like ripping apart was when Draymond punched Jordan Poole in the face a month ago. Like that, that was the time where I felt like, oh shit, like this might be, this might be falling apart here. And now, now it's kind of, you know, we'll we'll see. I think it's kind of been solved a little bit. But just overall, dude, it feels so impossible for a team to stay together that we can root for for this long. I've rooted for the Giants who have won three World Series. There were so many iterations. And honestly, like they just didn't even make a playoff some of those seasons. So it really wasn't that, it wasn't like a true like togetherness team. like the Warriors have. The, the Niners have had some like the hardball, but they haven't won a championship, right? So it doesn't hit. But with the Warriors, it's like not only do you have. Top five, top ten player of all time. But then you have all these dudes that have been there. Steve Kerr has been here. Draymond, uh Clay has been here. you like when we when we watched them win a championship together, us like Clay was just saying how happy he was to be back after worst. You're crying watching that shit. So I think it's cool that we get to see all of that and hopefully have it extend for another couple of years. So that that's the that's it, man. I just I just don't think we'll ever see anything like that happen again. Partly because of Steph, I cheated. I chose part of this stuff. I, I just don't think you get to see Steph and Draymond and Clay and Iguodala and those guys like be truly happy to play together ever, 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 ever again in any sport, ever.
1: So, there you go. I like that. Um, I don't really know that I have one to follow up on that. So I'm going to say I'm thankful for the goons. <laughs> Appreciate everyone who subscribes. Great. Five stars. We'll see you Sunday post-game show after... Wolves, Warriors, Uh, we'll, we'll tweet out times, later.